0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lisa H., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Today is Wednesday, May 17th, 2023, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today, we're reading from the big book, and we're on page 82 in the chapter into action. We'll be reading and commenting on the first paragraph that begins, perhaps there are some cases and ends rather than risk a face-to-face combat. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Devlin E, the 12 traditions, Joni C, readers of the text, Katie G, Ramona A, and Vanessa G. Our newcomer greeter is Ann Marie M and our second hour host is Matt J. F. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, May 16, 2023, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, it's 20,262, that's 20,262. And for the 10 a.m. Meeting, it's 20,263, that's 20,263. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength and hope can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Davilin E. to please read the 12 steps.
1: Good morning. My name is Davilyn E. and I'm a compulsive overeater living gratefully and joyfully in recovery in Manitoba, Canada. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food. and to practice these principles in all our affairs
2: past.
0: Thank you, Davalyn E. And I'll now ask Joni C. to please read the 12 traditions.
2: Good morning. This is Joni C., gratefully recovered but not cured from Minnesota. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. of reminding us to place principles before personalities.
0: Thank you, Joni C. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 82, the first full paragraph that begins, perhaps there are some cases, and ends rather than risk a face-to-face combat. And comments will be on that one paragraph. And Katie G, will you please begin reading? I'd be happy to, Lisa. Good morning. Good morning,
3: everyone. This is Katie G. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Boston, Massachusetts. Perhaps there are some cases where the utmost frankness is demanded. No outsider can appraise such an intimate situation. It may be that both will decide that the way of good sense and loving kindness is to let bygones be bygones. Each might pray about it, having the other one's happiness uppermost in mind. Keep it always in sight that we are dealing with the most terrible human emotion, jealousy. The generalship may decide that the problem be attacked on the flank rather than a risk of face-to-face combat. I'm going to start my timer. You know, for me, I, I, um, I really saw that this is kind of like a prayer, right? That, um, the big book is again, teaching me, you know, this broken, compulsive eater, anorexic, and bulimic. I don't know how to relate to anyone. I don't know how to relate to myself, to say nothing of how to relate to my husband, right? And um, it's telling me like good sense. And good sense means practical, practical wisdom or insight when I'm dealing with my husband loving kindness I my jaw dropped when I saw that I've never seen that word loving kindness so am I am I showing tenderness am I showing consideration for my husband when I when I'm dealing with him on a daily basis and how about letting bygones be bygones. so does that mean that like when we fight today I'm not allowed to bring in the other things that he's brought and I know again that that this is in the context of one specific relationship I'm just sharing my my own experience Um, I don't like to let things go I like to be the reminder well last time you know, it got so bad in my marriage that today, thanks be to God, we have we have rules about that. That we're if we're gonna get in in conversation with one another, we don't we don't bring up the past. And how about this? The uppermost happiness in mind, I am to pray that my husband, his happiness, has the highest place, the peak, the most important in my life, in my heart. You know, I am not that person. I'm somebody who wants to say, okay, well, you know, let's keep him happy so he'll give me what I want. And how about good generalship says to avoid face-to-face combat, to take it on the flank or the side. You know, I had a sponsor once and um, I was just getting into into it with my husband all the time and um, she taught me to drop the rope. And what does that mean? Well, dropping the rope to me today means if my husband, in my mind, where the problem is, right? So, like, again, that's problematic, but I'll just say that. In my sick mind, if my husband has what I think is a tone when he asks me to do something, it means I drop the rope. It means if he gives me feedback on how I load the dishwasher, instead of getting defensive, I say, hey, thanks that's a good idea or if he says did you break this and the answer is i did i say yeah I did i apologize i was wrong i made a mistake and i just think that this is you know all about like when i before i got recovered i was all about like who's my husband and i know i have 15 seconds left how is he meeting my needs what is he doing for me and for me this paragraph is like saint francis of assisi which by the way is the cure for every single step step 10 i've ever had god help me seek to love rather than be loved. And with that, I need to be quiet. I can't wait to hear what everyone else has to say. That went super
0: fast without a pass. <laughs> Thank you, Katie D., for getting us started. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you've shared on any of the vision meetings on Monday or Tuesday, we ask you to hold back this morning. And who would like to comment on what was read? Suze from New Jersey. Somebody from New Jersey.
4: I didn't get that.
5: (laughs) Suze. S U Z.
4: Suze. Okay.
0: This is Larry K. From Chicago. Okay. Larry K. Somebody who is after Larry? Uh, Denise O. Denise.
3: Thank you. Anyone else?
5: Ros G.
0: Roz? Karen K. Vasa. Karen?
6: Got
0: gotcha, Vasa. Karen K. I got Karen, okay. Let me tell you what I have. Um, I have Suze, Larry K., Denise O., Roz G., Karen K., and Vasa O. Um, Suze, if you'll get us started and, and please remind us of the first initial of your last name
7: hi good morning i'm Suze s from new jersey uh completely forgot yesterday uh i it was my one year anniversary as far as i could tell in this program and i'm very grateful so i'd like to remember that but the other thing is on this reading in particular is just absolutely amazing Um, i'm certainly on steps eight and nine and this is very very helpful the whole thing about tone of voice oh, my goodness, we were always on each other when I was growing up. And even today, what do you mean? You know, I just look at people and I I hold these resentments against them that they would talk to me like that. No. I mean, I've been taught that sometimes people are sick and I don't want to beat them up for that. And the whole idea of being able to just say, oh, okay. But the thing that... um, well, the prayer of St. Francis. I just thought about that the other day. I said, you know, this actually is the eighth and ninth step. <laughs> so that was so helpful to hear this morning and to be reminded. I may hear all of this stuff today. I may hear a tone of voice. I may hear all kinds of things. But to engage to to in, in controversy or any kind of battle, this, this is so healing, this this meeting, this reading today. So I thank you, this is really all I have to say, but thank you so much, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Suze F. And Larry K. you're up, followed by Denise O.
8: Hey, good morning, it's uh, Larry K. from Chicago, and um, thank you for your service this morning. You know, I, I'm gonna focus in on this notion of letting bygones be bygones. Right. And um, for me, you know, metaphors are often helpful to me because I need a, you know, I need context. I need further imagery. And a couple of the metaphors help me with this paragraph and, and within this nine step. One of them is, is sort of closing, you know, an old chapter of a book to start a new chapter. You know, just like we move from a, a finished chapter, I look forward to what lies ahead in the book. And I could really apply that same concept in life with with God's help, right? Um, by letting go of past uh, grievances, you know, or conflicts, ones that I've contributed to, but also ones that that, that others have contributed to, you know, I, I can let go of these grievances, I can close the chapter, and I could, you know, have a mindset of the outlook for the future, right? And, 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 and the different experiences that will come forward there. And another metaphor for letting bygones be bygones uh, that I love is sort of, we've all heard of bur- burying the hatchet, you know, and, you know, it, it, and burying the hatchet like historically, that, that was a literal thing. It refers to like Native Americans, my goodness, talk about you know, a, group of, a group of people that were maligned and were, you know, that, that they could bury the hatchet. They would literally take a, a hatchet or a tomahawk and in the, and they would bury it in the ground as a sign of peace between warring and tribes and in a similar way when i bury the hatchet symbolically speaking you know i let go of past conflicts past grievances i want to move forward in a in a spirit of peace and reconciliation and when i do that you know there's a power in taking that action there's an absolute power in taking that action so that you know the metaphor kind of suggests an act, an act of forgiveness and the willingness to put the past behind me with God's help. If I, when I put the past behind me, it's not about resurrecting the past, reliving, refeeling the past. It's about a demonstration of the change that God can create through me when I cooperate rather than defy. So that's, that's, uh, that's helpful to me. Hopefully it might be helpful to, helpful to uh, somebody else. And with that, I will pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Larry K. and Denise O. Oh, you're up, followed by Roz G.
6: Hi, this is Denise O. Oh from
9: Wisconsin, and thank you everybody for your service today. Um, when I read when we read this passage, I thought to myself that the um, one of the lines was it may be that both will decide that the way of good sense and loving kindness is to bygone let bygones be bygones. And I was really thinking about the idea of, of good sense and, of course, loving kindness. It's If, if our reaction is that, because um, a lot of things that I've done in the past have been, um, and, and even now, <laughs> have been ego-driven, driven by fear, um, and it doesn't make a lot of good sense to lead your life like that. Um, and it certainly doesn't, when the last line of this um, paragraph says, risk face-to-face combat. That's exactly what it feels like when you're um, fighting with someone or disagreeing with somebody or trying to get what you want and not thinking of the other person. Um, So having that good sense to, and one of the things I've been working on is making sure that I'm responding rather than reacting to people. And wow, it makes a difference to have a conversation with somebody um, or even maybe just let it go. Because sometimes it's just, it just—it doesn't matter. You don't have to be right. Um, that's not what God wants. Um, so, um, yeah. So it's—it's. This is a good passage because honestly, we we want to be happy and we want to be in people's lives and be that light in other people's lives too. So thank you. With that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Denise O. And Roz G. You're up, followed by Karen K.
5: Okay, thank you. Good morning. I'm, I'm Roz G. I'm a compulsive overreader in Palmdale, California. And, uh, you know, the big book calls out my most um, top character defect, which is jealousy. It's the most terrible human emotion that the big book says. And um, for me, jealousy, envy, and pride were the top three on my list. And um, you know, I have I have to work on that still. I'm just as powerless over my jealousy as I am over compulsive overeating. And I grew up uh as the middle child, uh, watching my eldest sister always doing things right. This is from my perspective. Of course she didn't because nobody does, but I always watched her do things right, always, you know, get A's in school. And I followed behind her and the teachers would say to me, oh, you're, you know, so-and-so's sister, aren't you? And, you know, watching the boys flock around my sister and her long flowing hair and my braids, like Little House on the Prairie, (laughs) like Mary and Laura. That's me. (laughs) Half pint. And um, watching, you know, her, you know, get dates, and me, really struggling in that area, and get her buying a car on her own, and my mother, you know, giving me a getting getting a hand me down, and paying my mother off of the car while my sister bought her own, and getting her own apartment, and I couldn't afford it. Oh, jealousy! I just it was just a huge part of me, and to this day. I still have that problem. I, but the thing, the difference is, is that I'm in this program. I am aware of it, and I have to work on it every day. And I have to ask God to remove this jealousy. How do I keep my sister's happy happiness uppermost in mind? I'll call her and ask her, how are you doing? How are you and your husband doing? They're going to Aruba this week. Oh, I've got, I've got to make sure to call her and say, have a wonderful and safe trip. I wish you well. When I'm thinking, how come I'm not going to Aruba with a husband?
4: <laughs> it's funny,
5: but it's like, I don't even like to admit this to you. But it, I'm only as sick as my secrets. So while this is a living, you know. This is a living uh, way of being for me. Is to make sure that I am calling my sister, that I am asking her about her, 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 because I, as I heard in an earlier share, I want to have a relationship with my sister. I don't want to be jealous of her. Jealousy hijacks me. If I don't have a spiritual, if I don't live in fit spiritual condition, I will. I will say something mean, nasty, and rude to her.
0: And I don't want to be that way. Thank you. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Roz G. And Karen Kay, you're up, followed by Vasa O. Good morning.
6: I'm Karen Kay, recovered compulsive eater from Syracuse, New York, and my credit zone transfer. You know, I wish I could say that I have arrived. um of being, you know, letting bygones be bygones. I'm a, a human being, and I know when I truly let go is when I see the person or the situation, and I have no emotion about any prior event. Um, it's interesting in my marriage that um, it's hard for me to let bygones be bygones um sometimes i still refer to other things and it's just about really how free do i want to be you know and sometimes i even stop myself and i was going to say something i was on the phone with a fellow and uh he went and did something and i was just about ready to say something about what i would normally say and i go but, 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 keep your mouth shut karen he doesn't need to know that he doesn't need my advice he doesn't need my direction Uh, We are a team. Um, We work together on stuff, and uh, sometimes it doesn't work out so well. You know, uh, recovery just allows me to have a connection with God and to try to stem that off with with others. Um, How free do I want to be is not to have any connection with my family of origin, and I have my family of choice. Uh, The day I got married, um, there was over 70 people, of 12-step program people and it was live streamed and you know i couldn't asked for a better wedding um or a better uh group of priests to uh marry, marry us so sometimes bygones really need to be bygones for my sanity and i wish you well and keep them in prayer and with that i will pass i wish everybody a wonderful day thank you
0: thank you karen k and Basta O. you're up
10: Thank you. Good morning, everyone. And everybody's service this morning. I'm Vasa, recovered compulsive of Aida, gone from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And jealousy. I undercovered it so many times. I was very jealous, wife of my husband, or I could have been a, a girlfriend of somebody that I was dating somebody. was jealous of you know, them giving attention to another girl or another woman giving attention to my brother to my brother to my husband very very jealous it was a big part of my life it was just as damaging to me as the food addiction and but i did not know what i did not know you know it is by working the 12 steps and you know gradually you know god was doing for me what i couldn't do for myself to let go of that And to trust, to trust. My husband had never given me any reason to be jealous, you know. And it was me more around the other way. I was the flirt, I was the attention looker. And sometimes I'm saying, did he ever recognize? But he never, never said, he never expressed that he was jealous of me. But I think a lot of it had to come with me because, you know, I was overweight. I had low self-esteem. I didn't like myself. And uh, and who would like me, you know? And that had a big part. I had a body image. But it seemed since I was losing the weight gradually, I started liking my body, but I also was flirting with my body, too. So I thank God that I was working the 12 steps. I, I've been in recovery for a while, and uh, I blame my husband for my unhappiness. I thought somehow he should make me happy. He should be responsible for my happiness while putting that burden on somebody else. And, um, but anyways, I loved St. Francis uh, prayer. I, I love it. I didn't understand it at the beginning. I thought my husband should be doing those things to me to feel better. And it was just the other around. It was an inside work. And I almost divorced my husband we separated for seven months being in recovery, but looking around and what other women were going through with divorces and children, you know, children suffering. And I said, you know, God, God providing with the person that I had already, and I had no business to be looking outside there. But that's when I started taking inventory of my marriage and our relationship, and it has been Better than ever, ever, because I don't need that attention from my husband or anybody else today. I get it from my higher power. I get it from myself. And I'm just so grateful. But it is work, working through the 12 steps, going to meetings and sharing like this. Openly, I would have never admitted to my husband. I was jealous or envious. I was full of pride. I wouldn't give him that satisfaction. It must be my time. Thank you for letting me share, up. I pass.
0: Thank you, Vasa O. And we are on page eighty-two in the big book in the chapter "Into Action." Reading and commenting on the first paragraph. Perhaps there are some cases that ends in rather than risk a face-to-face combat. Who else would like to share this morning? Mary A. from Maine. Mary A. Wanda R. Wanda?
6: Yes, Amy G. Amy G. Anyone else? We got lots of time.
0: Okay, we'll start with Mary A followed by Wanda R.
11: Hi, my name is Mary A. I'm from Maine, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Grateful to be here with all of you today. And as I'm listening to the reading and to the shares, I'm reminded that when we get to this part of the book, we're in the ninth step. So there's an assumption that I've done steps one through eight before I reach this point. And it's so important for me to remember that – burying the hatchet and letting bygones be bygones is so important. And there's a prerequisite that I will have seen my part prior to reaching this point of letting bygones be bygones. What I've experienced is when I go from resentment to, oh, I'll just forgive them, what I do is I treat the symptom of my disease, but I don't treat the root. I have to be willing to look at causes and conditions of what's disturbed in me first and ask God to reconcile those, to remove those from me in order to be able to get to a point where I can let bygones be bygones. If I bypass that essential piece of inward-looking inventory, and you know, the fourth step tells us we must be prepared to look at these things from an entirely different angle. It's really easy for someone to step on my toe and say, well, I'll just forgive them for stepping on my toe. But I have to look at why was my foot there to begin with? Why did I place myself in a position to be hurt? And only when I'm willing to own those parts that are my contribution and and turns out that separate me from power, and that separate me from God, only when I'm willing to see those parts and give those up so that I can reconnect to power, am I then able to let bygones be bygones? So today's reading and the conversation has been just a fantastic reminder for me that the work is with me, and, uh, and then the outcomes are in God's hands. Thank you so much. With that, I'll pass. Thank you,
0: Mary A. and Wanda R. You're up, followed by Amy G. Wanda, press star one. We can't hear you.
4: Can you hear me?
0: It's up, Wanda. And now, thank you.
4: Okay, uh, thank you so much uh, for the meeting, and I hope everybody has a wonderful day. Spring is here. Um, I am enjoying uh most of my life, and the twelve steps are the guiding light and uh the big book is uh the core and um I am so grateful that I caught this meeting when I did, and uh you know have attached myself to uh you know all of how it works uh so um I uh I know I, I heard the uh I can't remember the name but the speaker that was speaking of jealousy that uh I, I agree that uh you know jealousy uh, for me is very dangerous, very damaging, uh and limits me to uh, um a small world, you know, but I wanna enlarge it. So I know that uh, I have to do things uh, that help me to respect myself. I have to do things to, uh, you know, I I just did not respect myself in my bulimia. I did not respect myself in my compulsive overeating, And I have to respect myself. I want to be a grand dame, you know, someone at my age who you know, uh, has grown out of a lot of the things that, but um, regardless of, uh, you know, how old I am, you know, I have a lot to learn. Uh, So, you know, things creep in, crop up, and um, I have to forgive myself. I have to accept myself and uh, love myself and uh, enjoy myself. And it's not enjoyable to be in jealousy. Um, and there's someone in my life that, you know, triggers uh, lots of things like that and goes back to childhood. I talked to my sponsor about it. And this morning I'm going to make an attempt to be in that person's presence and not get jealous. Um So uh, wish me luck, (laughs) but um, hope everybody has a great day. Thanks.
0: Thank you. Wanda R. and Amy G., please share with us.
12: Good morning. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Maryland. Thank you so much for the meeting, everyone. Um, Having the other one's happiness uppermost in mind, I just have to smile when I read that because I'm like, ain't that a novel concept? Because I mean, I don't know about you all, but it was really only till I started this amends process where I really had to take a look at my interactions with others and go out there and practice being able to communicate with others in a way that wasn't selfish or self-centered or having an agenda or wanting it my way. I mean, there's that joke in AA that says, you know, 24 hours a day, 23 hours I think of me, and the other hour I think of what you think of me, right? And it wasn't only until I got to this immense process where I started to understand and think outside of myself. And the beauty of that, in in my humble opinion, and why the promises are after the ninth step, this immense process, I started to understand and see the benefit of being able to think of others. And think of their needs and what they might be what they might need ahead of myself, and practicing that and seeing the joys and the fruits of that labor of self introspection and then going out to my fellow man, my significant other husband, wife, child, whatever, and having those interactions and humbly claiming my side of the street, it allowed me to walk a. Free- you know down the street to not have to cross to the other side of the street when someone walks by all of the beauties of the promises started to come true and just this basic practice of thinking of others first and and working with the sponsor to understand when amends were appropriate when they weren't and when there were other prayers that needed to be said and done or bygones be bygones. that entire process how beautiful There's another saying that, you know, steps one through three, we deal with God. Steps four through seven, we deal with ourselves. Uh, Eight through ten and twelve with others, or no, eight through ten. I'm sorry, I'm getting that wrong. Eight and nine, we deal with others. Ten, eleven, and twelve, we continue to work in our relationship with God, ourselves, and others. So I'm so grateful for this program that has taught me how to live and communicate and the joys of that type of communication and relationship with others. How beautiful to be able to not have to think about myself all the time. Thank you, God. and that'll pass.
0: Thank you, Amy G. And we are on the first paragraph on page 82 that begins, perhaps there are some cases, comments on that one paragraph, and who else would like to share this morning?
6: Lisa B T. Lisa B T. Vanessa V. Vanessa V. G. v.
0: Vanessa V. Okay. Yes. Darian oh. K. Darian K. All right, but so we're going to go with Lisa B T, Vanessa V, and Darian K. Lisa B T, you're up, followed by Vanessa.
13: Uh, thanks. Good morning. Um, uh, my name is Lisa B T. <coughs> excuse me, and I am a grateful um, recovering compulsive overeater, recovered in uh, the Toronto area. Excuse me. <coughs> um, this one is making me smile this morning because. Um, you know that, that those words cunning baffling uh powerful i am astounded at um my own ego to frame things in such a way that are very um gratifying to me um i i, I have determined that like my principal um defective character is really pride so i have I've come from a family where, um, particularly my mom, there was a a very argumentative um, uh, kind of way that we navigated life. Um, You know, she she and her sister didn't speak to each other. Her sister didn't let... um, her children play at our house um stuff like there 's just a lot of that, and I took the role on quite young um of being kind of the diplomat in fact, it was a little bit of a family joke that Lisa's the you know the family diplomat and it was involved being very gracious um, you know uh like not calling people. <laughs> Um, you know, on stuff that was going on, just finding a way that we could all get along. Um, and I realized that, that it really wasn't actually graciousness. It was more and forgiveness, et cetera. It was more just finding a way to um, just sort of people please, basically. Um, and, and, but I thought of myself as, a very gracious person, um, you know, very forgiving and so on. And it really has been in this program that I've identified that in fact, you know, there was a lot of self-serving going on there. Um, And also, also a lot of just not being honest or authentic with people um, or, or in fact with myself. So I I just wanted to just tell you guys about a very interesting thing very unusual and and i'm I'm, you know 65 this isn't really one of the first times this has ever happened to me i was in a group meeting and one of the people in the meeting had been for a while you know very argumentative and kind of basically rude to people like things he was saying and he said something and i found myself just saying calmly um you know I, i i i'm kind of um i'm sort of offended at what you just said, because, you know, and I said it very calmly and straightforwardly, and it was amazing. He just sort of instantly said, oh, yeah, I, you know, I hadn't, um, I hadn't seen it that way. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. And, and I guess it wasn't that I was seeking an apology, but I was just understanding that um, to be authentic, I can also, um, I can be gracious towards others, but also, that they could be gracious towards me and it is is all held within sort of the graciousness of a a higher power. Um, And and that was a great learning for me, um, that authenticity. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank
0: you, Lisa B.T. And Vanessa V., you're up, followed by Darian Kay.
14: Hi, good morning all. It's Vanessa B from New Jersey and um I'm a uh recovered uh compulsive overeater. And um this paragraph it just there's a lot of gentleness in it, it's talking about how like some case it's not like completely black and white, so in some cases um there there needs to be like frankness uh is demanded and some others um like letting bygones be bygones and I just appreciate that we can like take this to God like it's it's between like God myself and the other person and being and, and then talking to the, my sponsor about like what's the best direction to talking about amends and also that line about jealousy I think that's a huge uh, character defense for me um, and something that I've been noticing more and more and I do that compare and despair type of deal, and especially like, um, like, on social media or, or all those different uh, forums. And I'm just asking God to help me like be happy for <laughs> for my like my my fellow humans. Like help help me celebrate like their celebrations and their successes. And because when we all like when when we all like succeed we're when one person succeeds we're all succeeding and when we're just like helping each other um and so and it makes me better when i see someone like i guess i i feel inspired and it's i can see that it's um i'm capable of doing that as well so just switching the jealousy um from a place of scarcity to a place of abundance that success is is for everybody. And um and then that line about um good general uh generalization, um uh, may decide with the problem be attacked on the flank rather than risk of uh face to face combat. Like sometimes it kind of going at the side of it than face to face. So it's like, you know, it's it's just gentle. It's like it doesn't have to be head on. It could be like of course, like talking about root causes and, and everything and also, um, you know, being gentle about it. So, uh, it's a great reminder that I still um, have work and that there are directions and that I'm not perfect. And it's okay because I'm I'm human. So, it's okay. All right. Thanks for letting me share. Okay. Thank you,
0: Vanessa V. And Darian Kay, please share with us.
15: Oh, good morning. Can you hear me okay?
0: Yes. Okay, great.
15: Um, this is Darian Kay from Berkshire, the Massachusetts. Gratefully recovered today. Oh, and so grateful to be on the line with you guys. Um, <laughs> There's a Yiddish word. I don't know if Harlan's out there, but it's called spilkas. And it's just like when you're, you're squirming to say something because you can so relate. You know what I mean? You just can't sit still. And it's, that's how I'm feeling. I'm <laughs> like, ah. Um, you know, I can so relate to what everyone's saying um, and letting bygones be got bygones. Why is that so difficult for some of us? Um, you know, I think it has to do with self-esteem um, in my opinion and pride. And I had none of that before, you know, I came to this program and I still, you know, think it's uh, minimal and um, not, well, I mean, I have some pride, but it's, it's just, you know, I don't know. I, I probably get it the wrong way, if that makes any sense. And so, you know, um, you know, if I have to let bygones be bygones, it feels like I need to wave the white flag and surrender, <laughs> um, which we love that word here, and um, and then say someone else is right and I'm wrong. And that feels terrible because I always want to be right. Or at least I want people to think that I am and people that think that I'm perfect and, you know what I mean? And it's, so it's, oh, God. I have to swallow my pride, pop that prideful balloon, and and just just be grateful for the people in my life and the lessons I can learn from them, right? Because I don't know everything, and and I never think that I do. But you know, just just that mm, that feeling of like, oh, I just don't want to be wrong. You know, I just wanna I want to look good to others. You know, in every way and. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's overcompensating for the lack, like I said, of self-esteem and the feeling that I have that I'm a good enough person that I can do stuff that I can be, you know, um, good at things or make mistakes. <laughs> um, you know, and so it's such a good lesson to learn, you know, and such an um, important lesson to learn, especially after the ninth step because. You know, we might not get the results that we want from apologizing and making amends, but we do have to let go and, you know, and then move on, move on to that 10th step where we continue, continue to see our part in things and make amends along the way, you know, immediately. Um, And so just so grateful, grateful that I'm open today to learn these lessons. To relate to all of you, to have a place that I can go to relate, um, and that I'm, you know, just part of just a wonderful, um, wonderful meeting and wonderful program that um, helps me grow and change and, and be a better me. So thank you, and I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Darian Kay. And we probably have time for two or three more shares. Would anyone else like to share this morning?
16: Ken W.H. Ken W.H. Elizabeth B.
0: Elizabeth B. Okay, let's go with Ken W.H. and then Elizabeth B.
16: Thank you, Elizabeth uh, B. Is... <laughs> okay.
0: Go ahead, Ken.
16: Okay, this is Ken W.H., uh, Recover Compulsive Eater in North Carolina. Um... <clears throat> The book tells me I'm not going to regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it, which means not forgetting in a way uh there's something about the past that is uh actually become one of my greatest assets. It makes me profoundly aware of the great transformation that has taken place in my life and my relationship uh with others, especially to my wife. Um, we wouldn't be fifty one years married. <laughs> if it wasn't for that great transformation. Um, and I give that all all to God. Um, one of the, it's one of the greatest tools, actually, I have, is the past, that, that I can be reminded of what was and what does not have to be anymore in my life. Uh, it is a great tool. The problem always was is when it became a, a weapon, Uh, Because my first response to a weapon when you pick it up is defensive, (laughs) of course. And so then I would try to dig up my weapons to fight this battle. I don't have to do that anymore. Those are tools. The past is a tool for me. I don't have to apologize for it anymore. I have made the amends I need to make. I have lived in a changed life. And God has been so busy and continues to be so busy that uh, I'm gr- I'm truly blessed and I'm grateful. Thanks for letting me share. The past.
0: Thank you, Ken W H, and Elizabeth B. You're up.
17: Hi. <clears throat> Good morning. This is Elizabeth B. In North Carolina, too. Um, wow, I have gotten so much out of everyone's share this morning, especially the lead. Um, just was just. To to um, frame it in the context of the St. Francis prayer, Um, yesterday at a meeting, um, I got offended by what somebody said that had nothing to do with me, but I took it personally and had an instant reaction and was so offended and took it so personally, and the first, my first my first reaction or my after my first reaction, my second thought was to make a phone call and to do a 10th step and so I did, and I was able to see you know instantly my pride, my jealousy, um, my insecurities you know were- were 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 brought up, and i realized i you know and I turned it over and I turned it over to god and um the thing that I'm learning, I'm pretty new to entire abstinence, so I'm I'm not I'm not the saintly person that I thought I would be when I you know finished the 12 steps. Um, oh, I, I forgot to say I'm a recovered bulimic, anorexic, compulsive overeater. Maybe I said that, but anyway, um, it is. Uh, I thought you know I thought I was going to be like wiped clean as snow and lily white but it does say in our that we are not saints and even though i aspire and have spiritual ideals i have spiritual ideals to be more like saint francis and i'm listening to a book um that's uh written by a a franciscan friar um about the story of saint francis and about about how to live in the world um in the world as as a truth in your in one in, in one's true self, which is the spiritual self, the not the false self. And as I listen to these words and these aspirations, I'm thinking, "Gosh, I fall short all the time. I'm always falling short." But one thing I know is that I have these tools, and I'm not eating over it. I'm not in the food, and I'm not squelching those horrible emotions of anger and resentment and fear, and then going and throwing up or you know, stuffing my face or not eating or running 10 miles or whatever I would do to stop that feeling. So there are all these wonderful tools. And I love that, like it's been brought up, this is the ninth step. And right after that, we get the promises, and then we're working the 10, 10, 11, and 12. And to be able to see the program in action, although I wake up full of fear sometimes, full of trepidation and anger and, and you know, hauntings of the past. I have tools to, to um, put myself back on track so that I can be in relationship and can wish for others thoughts of loving kindness and generosity and good sense, which is also a prayer and a form of meditation, to wish for others everything that I would wish for myself. And um, including my sisters and my fellows and girls and women that I'm jealous of and all of that, that they have everything that, that, their, that their higher power wishes for them and that I, I can be a clear channel in that, um, in that regard. Thank you for letting me share and I'll pass.
0: Uh, thank you, Elizabeth B. And we have maybe 30 seconds if anybody has a burning desire. Okay, thank you. Thank you to everyone who shared this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The SHARE ID for today, Wednesday, May 17th, 2023. The 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 20,269. That's 20269. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Ramona A., will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant
18: to be suggestive only. Our book, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us.